0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do
1: not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
2: Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. My name is Paul Edwards and I am your host for the moment. Um, our our uh, hand-raising expert is with us, Miss Marianne. Good evening. We're glad you're back. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's excellent. And also back with us is the uh, is the person who handles our streaming who had the bad grace to go on a cruise last week instead of doing Tuesday topics. Welcome, sir.
3: <sighs> I have such a guilty feeling about that. You do not. I know you. So you <laughs> should. can Could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> I have lots well, of stories, and I had a great time, and we'll talk about it if we talk about it when time permits. But it was that's such excellent. fun. We'll, we'll,
2: we'll do a, We'll do a thing on cruises where okay. everybody can talk about their experiences at some point. I think that. Um,
3: then fun. I'll have to write down the stories so I don't forget them.
2: It would be a lot of fun. yeah. yeah. That's right. Maybe we should do it next week. Well, uh, you're asking why don't you? we?
4: Yeah, while it's fresh in Mary's mind. Yeah,
2: that
3: is a problem sometimes. So, yeah,
2: but. But tonight we are going to finish some stuff that that we were that we started to do um, uh, last week. So we were going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> Labor Day. and And I've also listed a number of other things that um, that that we could potentially talk about tonight. Um, some of the things that I associate with Labor Day. Um, RA just before the beginning of the football season used to be just before the beginning of the school year when I was growing up but I think that's no longer the case in a lot of places people start school in the middle of August instead now Um, second um, I associate with Labor Day the beginning of the football season um, which is a Probably not very Labor Day, um. But third, I associate with Labor Day trade unions, and one of the things that I was curious about was um was was whether any of us had ever had anything to do with um with trade unions and whether we celebrated Labor Day for that reason. So, um, uh, Larry, were you a were you a union person in any of the jobs you did?
3: Uh, no. I was not. I mean, there was some talk about it and there was some movement afoot when I worked for Marriott to do that, but it never happened. Mm -hmm. And and the first job I had lasted three months and I was so happy to get out of there and they folded six months after that. So, (laughs) and I, you know, I heard about it later on and I went, yay! (laughs) So the Marriott job was not union. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Miss uh, Miss Marion any mm-hmm. any experience with trade unions?
4: No, none at all. Absolutely not. Yeah.
2: So the the bizarre thing is uh, there I was a um, a high school teacher in Trinidad and there was a trade union of uh, high school teachers and uh, for my sins I was the union steward for for my school. Um and and um, Trade unions in, in Trinidad were very different from trade unions here um, in that they were not only interested in money, which they very often couldn't have a lot of, <clears throat> of say in, but they were also very interested in, in the way that the activity that they covered um, was being handled. So we had a lot of debates over how we should teach and what we should teach in, in our trade union and And, in some of those situations, I found myself very much at odds with the majority. Um, so it was it was intriguing. Um, but trade unions don't seem to be as important or as as they once were, though interestingly enough, I saw a statistic the other day that says that over the past <clears throat> ten years or so, trade unions are becoming more more powerful in this country than they have been. That is that they're moving up from their nadir towards towards a, a higher level of involvement, which is interesting. So let me ask you guys another question. Um, I, you guys are certainly old enough. Do you remember the, the telethons that used to go on in Labor Day?
3: I do, yearly, with Ed McMahon and Jerry Lewis. Yeah.
4: I remember it, but... I did not, until you said it, I did not remember that it was a Labor Day
3: tradition.
5: I,
4: I definitely remember the telethon, but I, for some reason, wasn't associating it with Labor Day.
3: And until I, don't, you mentioned I it. don't think I know, or maybe I don't remember, why they would think that they would be successful on Labor Day. Obviously, somebody did some research and somebody figured out that there were going to be a lot of people home. But w- would you have done a Labor Day telethon? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have either. Um, no. But
2: but they, you know, for the time, they raised lots of money. Now it's small change.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> you know, compared to what they're raising now. But but in those days, they they raised a lot of money with those telethons. Um, did we have? Do you have any thoughts about uh, about the the quality of the telethons? Uh, were you a fan of them, Miss Marianne? Did you think it was no. good that? No. They were raising good money for these nice disabled kids. Yeah, no,
4: I, 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 you know, obviously, it's you know the money. I'm sure helped, but I was never. I've never been a fan of the um, poor disabled kid, person, adult thing. I, I, I've never been really. I've never been very comfortable with that. So, no. uh, Mr.
2: <laughs> Mr. Ler, are you a telethon fan?
3: Um, I I was only a telethon fan to see some of the guests that they got
1: yeah i was not
3: yep. a, a fan in general in fact i think it boarded on and maybe it even oozed into exploitation uh because yeah. those kids were there for a reason and that was to be shown on screen so that people could go oh gee that's just too bad and then send in more money if that's not the case then i apologize for what i just said But, but boy, every, every year, that's exactly what they did. And it was a formula that seemed to work because they made a lot of money based on those times.
2: No, I don't, excuse me. I don't think you need to apologize. I think you're, I think you characterized what telethons were intended to be pretty accurately. Um, I, I wonder why they went away. What do you think? Uh, did did they go away for the same reason the Ku Klux Klan did, Miss Marianne? What do you think? Hmm. I,
4: I I don't know why they went away. Perhaps they did get the feeling that it wasn't a, a a a it it wasn't an attractive look for for people with disabilities. Perhaps it went away because the parents didn't like it. I I'm not sure why it, why it went away, except that you know, it got squishy feeling. Um that's the feeling that's the thing I say when I something makes me feel really uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. I don't think I don't think I know why it went away either. I, I I know that um that it it was all of a piece with um with attitudes whether we like it or not. That operated for blind folks as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean there. I mean there were a lot of blind people who were pretty comfortable with being adopted by Lions Clubs. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and and having Lions Clubs kind of be nice to them, and in exchange for that, making Lions Club members feel really good about how they were helping these poor blind people.
3: I, I th- um. Yep. Go ahead. I think I, I think the reasons. You stated and Marianne stated were probably true, but I think I think that a, 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 with those reasons, it might be just as simple to also think that perhaps you know when you think back on it, the the people who built that that model it was a machine. After a while, uh, I mean, sure. they went to a lot of different places and raised a ton of money. And Jerry Lewis was making noises towards the end. Well, this is the last marathon. And Ed McMahon was saying, well, yeah, if Jerry goes, I goes. I'm not going to be here with somebody else. So I think the machine just ran ran out of oil to some degree, plus all the reasons that you mentioned. It was time to change. Society was changing. Norms were changing in terms of what they expected. And I think a lot of it just signaled the end for those kinds of marathons. I don't I don't think you'll see another one, especially not the way society is today in terms of being inclusive and in terms of doing things with people and for people, et cetera. I think that would be exploitive, would be a minor word used if we did something like that mm-hmm. today.
4: But what's so sad is that there's still a lot of that model going around. Oh, sure. Right? Like dining in the dark.
3: Yes. Yeah, yep. I, I saw something on the list today about somebody wanting to do a dining in the dark. And a lot of And there
4: are some funky organizations. I'm sorry, Larry. There are some funky organizations out there too that have implication of, for them. Um, I don't want to mention names on the air, but there are. um, A place I used to work for had a perfectly good name to it and they went and changed their whole model to be a charity model, the poor blind person. And they changed their name to- um accommodate that look so it's still out there
2: is 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 it possible um and and obviously i think it's more than possible but is it possible that another of the factors that that changed where we are is disabled people came to look at themselves differently um, and we came to the point where what we what we ended up what we ended up feeling about ourselves was that we had a, light, a right to be respected and that we did have some rights and that it wasn't okay for us to be perceived as individuals who, were, who it was okay to hold up as, as elements of charity. Because I think, I think it would be accurate to say that most blind people now, most of us, um, simply wouldn't be comfortable with that kind of model anymore.
4: Most would not. Right. I'll say again though, I have in my time um in Florida, um (laughs) in my chapter, met some who were very comfortable with just being that poor blind person.
2: Well, and 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 that's part of the problem. I mean, there are only ten percent of the blind community who are members of consumer organizations now. And what that says is that there are 90% of the blind population anyway um, who uh, who are at a different place than the place that 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 members of consumer organizations are at. Um, that, and, and I think that place is actually closer um, to what blind folks used to be like than we would like to believe.
4: And, and so in um, where I came from while those people were members um, of the local organization, the local affiliate, they were not involved in other ways. They really treated it a lot like a social group and they were perfectly comfortable with sighted people coming in and doing for rather than, you know, um, at least after my tenure as president was over.
3: And I think today that there, you wouldn't be surprised, but many would be surprised at how many groups that we have. I don't know about NFB, but how many groups that we have in ACB who, although they do look at advocacy, they are socially oriented. They're socialists. Absolutely. Groups. Yep. And is that good? Well, maybe. It but, depends
4: on if you can put advocacy in there. Correct right Correct. like if you can go to a restaurant and everybody ask for accommodation if uh-huh. you can you know go we all went together as a social group and voted or we all went together to a movie theater and used the audio description
3: yeah
2: we could yeah. get i mean we could, we could get we could get really exciting and and ask <laughs> the de- the the degree to which community is a, is a social organization rather than <laughs> rather than an advocacy organization you yeah. yeah. could do that we could. we could. I'm not sure that we will, but we could.
3: <laughs> you just lay it out there and see so, what
2: happens. <laughs> so we have um, we we have raised some issues, and I suppose it might be fun to see what what other folks think. Whether whether we're we're alone or or, or whether uh, how other people view Labor Day and how other people view telethons. So um, I think we have a few hands. We do,
4: Doc. Hey, Doc.
2: There you go. Dum, 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 dum,
1: dum, dum, dum. Your answer is oh. in jeopardy. Okay. There you are. I think I'm unmuted now. Yeah. You're good, sir. You're okay. unmuted. Well, just we- kind of run the gamut on things, uh, early on a comment was made about Unions, uh, you know, not being too active or powerful. You ought to tell GM and Ford that right now. Mm -hmm. They're being faced with a strike by uh, auto workers. And, you know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, Doc? Well, you know, it, it depends on how you want to look at it. I think that uh, too often people look or or lose sight of their buying power with their income. Because if, if the UAW is successful in this strike, auto prices will increase. When auto prices increase, Everything else is eventually going to increase with it, and you I may be auto making. Prices,
2: pardon. Think auto prices. I think auto prices are going to increase no matter what, because well, we're transitioning from. We're transitioning from gas to electric, and electric's more expensive. Um, well, and the thing and of, I don't the think thing there's any
1: question about that. They they might they might increase. But if there is a strike, then there's no doubt about it. And the increase will be more than the natural flight. But the whole yeah. point is, let's look at the other end of it. Look what happened when minimum wages were increased, say from $10. And now in some places, it's $21 an hour. I don't know if that high. <clears throat> yes, in Southern California, there are places where it's twenty-one dollars an hour.
2: Well, I mean, and I think people are making twenty-one dollars an hour to flip hamburgers, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure the minimum wage is that high. But I could be wrong. You could be right, Doc. Um, but anyway, I, I take so, your point that that it's a that okay it, that the they're making more are.
1: money, but they're losing buying power. Buying well, power is the key because all other prices increase, and with more in higher income, they're going to pay, pay higher income tax. There'll be a, a higher withholding for social security or whatever else they're under, so they're going to have to deal with that. And they don't often look; they only look about how much do I make per per hour. But yeah. enough said about that. On telephones. So- when yep. Jerry Lewis and, and those telethons were uh, very active, and by the way, Jerry Lewis raised over two billion dollars—that's a B billion dollars yep. for muscular dystrophy. Um, television was still a little bit of a novelty, and you didn't have as much conflict with um, NFL. Now the NFL market is so great you couldn't afford to put one on if there was a football <laughs> not, weekend. You couldn't afford to tell not on a phone. Monday night, huh? I get that. <clears throat> so I get that. That's that's one of the things I think led to the demise. The other thing that I didn't mention is the SEIU, which has uh, that's the service employees, industrial employees. Union and that that has kind of gotten down into the you know lower echelon of, of jobs and uh, non-skilled labor uh, has really increased considerably they're not terribly effective or powerful and you ask you know your friends there whether they were involved with the union in in 1970 I was in Fresno, I also was a teacher and I was the president of the Fresno Teachers Association right at that time we were about twenty four hundred strong. We called ourselves an association, but for all practical purposes, we were in fact a union right and yes, we were after higher wages and better conditions for teaching and and that sort of thing uh so I, I, I have been involved with that for quite a number of years, and but I get I
2: get the impression though, Doc, that that overall <clears throat> you're not so much in favor of unions anymore.
1: Well, I, I you know I think that uh, there was a time when they were extremely important. Back in the late 1800s and Eugene V. Debs uh, got things going. Yes. Very important. Because, um, well, I remember my dad talking. He had a job with a a local department store in 1904, I believe, maybe 1906, somewhere along in there. $4 a week. My goodness. Well. You say, my goodness, but the thing of it is, you know, things didn't cost all that much. And st- people were still raising a lot of their own food stuff. Yep. So that made a huge difference. You didn't need as yep. much cash. I get that. So Doc, thank that... you for your call. And, and,
2: and thank you for your opinions. We appreciate you, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you for cutting me off. Have a good day. Yep. You're welcome. Bye. Ms. Marriott, who do we yeah, have? We,
4: well, we have Jean, and I checked with my faithful lady here, and um, California is at $15 an hour minimum wage.
2: How much? Sorry? $15.15. 15, 15. 17 thank you. $15.15. 15, 15.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. We have Jean. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Yep. We have Jean.
6: So, hello. Hi. So, whole bunch of things. Um, Telethons. I used to watch a little bit of them, um, never really thought about, you know, what it what it meant for the kids with disabilities or whatever. Um, I just remember watching them just to see what was going on. And I had a couple friends who had sons who had muscular dystrophy, and they both eventually died from it. Um, but I can remember both of them saying that when they, you know, they, they would have local poster kids because every hour they would cut back to the local station for 15 or 20 minutes or whatever. And they both said, as long as the kids were, you know, still able to, maybe they were in wheelchairs, but they were cute and they could still kind of get around and function and everything. It was fine. But they said, once the kids got really, really sick, they didn't want to show that. And, and they always, yeah. And they always, those two mothers felt that, people needed to see what really happened to these kids as time went on and, and as their as their symptoms um, progressed. So I, I do remember donating one time and it was really funny. We had a party at my house on Sunday of Labor Day and it went on till the wee hours of the morning and I was laying on the couch the next day feeling lousy <laughs> and I flipped around and was watching the telethon and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should donate a little something. So I got up and I dialed and I donated whatever I donated and geez, I felt so much better after that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's the only time I ever remember giving. And one of the reasons I stopped is because once you start with those things, you get so much mail from them. And I, oh, I just, do. yeah. And I just didn't want it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so um, as far as Labor Day, Well, I I worked for New York State, which was a a really good place for a disabled person to work for. And we were in unions, but they weren't labor unions. So, you know, I never thought much about it. Um, Two other things.
2: You say Um, they weren't labor unions. What were they, Miss Jean?
6: Well, I don't, I, I mean, maybe I just called them unions. I didn't, I didn't think of them as like the labor unions, like, you know, the car dealer or the car companies yeah, and you, that kind of stuff.
2: You, you didn't think you, you guys would be likely to go out and strike. That's what well, you're
6: not There's a, a law in New York state that, that we couldn't strike. Unions ah. weren't, unions weren't allowed to strike. So that was never going to happen. So got it. Yes. So, um, right. one thing I, I want to mention somebody, well, a couple of things. When I first came to Albany, the association for the blind had all these groups for the you know older retired people during the day and um they had a group that met at night and a bunch of us joined it and one day i don't know where there was what we were it it was a dinner thing and so we went in the kitchen and we started preparing things and opening stuff and whatever we had to do i don't know what was and volunteers came in and they were absolutely furious with us because they've been volunteering for years and years and years and years and we kind of took over, you know, because it was there was no reason we couldn't be doing it. So, um, you know, obviously they felt like they were doing something wonderful for the blind. And in those days, the the blind people didn't have the social outlets that we have today. So th- these kind of groups, and you know, th- this is this was their social life. And I suppose some places it still is. Uh, we have one chapter that depends on Lions Clubs for a lot, and when I was a kid, we did too. I mean, they used to have great picnics, and you know it was wonderful. Some of the stuff they did for us. But um, I joined the Lions Club, and they—I I saw that they were branching out and they were donating money to a lot of places besides blindness organizations. So um, it's different now. The other thing I want to uh, mention—what?
2: Yep. Go ahead. Oh, I was going okay. to say that a, a lot. That a lot that the Lions Club are donating to these days is sight prevention or prevention of blindness, which which always struck me as a little strange.
6: Well, ours donated to um, the guide dog schools and uh, uh, something for the deaf and and local yeah. food pantries and all kinds of nice. stuff. It wasn't all yeah. wasn't all stuff with, with disabilities. Actually, I thought they right. donated very little to blindness organizations. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to mention is somebody who looks at our website—I won't mention their name—told me that a lot of the pictures that are up there now from conventions show. People being led up to the microphone to speak oh. and being led away, and we were talking about what kind of a um, picture that sends. You know, instead of just showing somebody standing at the microphone, they're actually showing <laughs> staff taking them up there, leading them back to wherever. Um, so I'm not on that's the board; a, I can't do anything about it. And that's a good point, Gene. Maybe somebody who's can, listening that can.
2: You can cert, You can certainly tell folks about it though yep Uh, yeah yep good point miss jane yeah so gene excuse me so we
6: we may be you know shooting ourselves in the foot in some respects yep Yep.
2: well and and it really is all about image i mean when when we're Mm -hmm. talking about telethons we're really talking about image as well Mm
7: -hmm. The, the
2: the kind of the kind of image that we create if 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 what we're showing is is people being led up to the microphone, we're certainly mm-hmm. seeing something about the readiness of blind people to be independent and competent, aren't we? Right.
6: And why can't you just show them standing at the microphone, you know?
2: Uh, 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 why, do you, why do you
6: have to show them somebody leading them up there?
2: Uh, yeah. Don't, don't have an answer. Yeah. Maybe maybe because the staff people are very photogenic?
6: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or maybe they're not, and we are, and they want to be.
2: <laughs> oh, <Paul>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Miss Jean, thank you for your call
6: okay have a good one <laughs> yep miss
2: Marion. we have deborah hendrick deborah kendrick
4: deborah hendrick. Yeah. yeah
8: well here i am
2: <laughs> yes here you are so
8: uh, yeah you know and it's uh, so i've got to tell you this this is what kind of a good advocate i am i've got a i'm sitting on a ton of information that is important to this discussion, but I was too lazy to look it up because I also just had delivered this delicious spaghetti and stuffed mushrooms dinner. So I'm eating and listening to you instead, but I'll tell you what I know from my head, which is, guys, you're missing the boat here. Um, What happened to Jerry's telethon is as important to all of us as people with disabilities, if we're going to be in solidarity with our brothers and sisters who have muscular dystrophy and other kinds of neurological conditions, as um, I don't know, as uh, fighting for currency or uh, <laughs> um, accessible ATMs or the things way, those are minuscule compared to this. There, there was a huge, and I, in all fairness, maybe if I had just been a a blind person advocate, I might have missed this too, but because I've been a journalist covering disability issues for a long, 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 long time, I was at the heart of this stuff, not me personally, but watching it, writing about it, studying it. So there was a huge protest movement. And I'm, as I said, I'm too lazy to look it up. Not lazy. I'll look it up and send it to you tomorrow, Paul, but I forget what they called themselves. I think that they either called themselves not Jerry's kids, or Jerry's orphans I forget which Mm -hmm. but a huge number of people who had been exploited as children poster children and then grew up to be as someone said here unphotogenic poster adults who just happened to be living their lives in wheelchairs um banded together formed a huge protest and it was ugly there was a lot of i mean jerry lewis did not look pretty he said there were lots of examples of him spewing all kinds of profanity in public calling people cripples and ugly and lame and really mean mean stuff because these people were protesting what he was doing and that's where the telethon went it was it was a huge example of um of uh, social justice and people rising up to say this this stinks and burying it that's where the telethons went they killed it um i'll I'll see tomorrow if I can find some of the stuff that I wrote about it and send it to you, Paul, in case you want to share it in any future, but it's we need to know this stuff we we need to know beyond our own little backyard because if we want other people, you know we're pretty small uh as we all know we're a low incidence group and if we want other people with disabilities to support our issues we need to know about theirs and this is an important piece of disability history so and the other thing i wanted to weigh in on is somebody mentioned dining in the dark and i think that's a very very good parallel and dining in the dark when it began and this again you know i was kind of immersed in this as a journalist so seeing stuff when it was coming up and i forget now i think it was switzerland where the first one happened the first one was so authentic and noble and awesome because it was people who were blind cooking and waiting tables and doing and and offering people this experience this immersion experience but then all the idiots in america got hold of it as a fundraiser and i participated i can't remember the guy's name but there was a guy who um he wasn't blind but he had blind friends and he had kind of a mixed agenda he saw it as a teaching opportunity and a capitalistic opportunity so he was trotting around the country for a while hosting cheap dining dining in the darks where he would find blind people to help um get a donated venue and um, use volunteers to black out the room and uh and and do a thing so i participated in one of those i was a volunteer i wanted i wanted to be a, a server but what they did <laughs> too. they they did everything one pot meal so the the meals came so what i didn't get to carry food oh. but i did i was in charge of a table and i had to go around and have each blindfolded person you know help them Serve their plate oh. and find their drink in a pitcher and pour or whatever. There were no alcoholic beverages, unfortunately. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was a server
3: it, and I did it, carry food and I I put it in front of people and stayed around oh. long enough to watch them try and cut food. I thought that You're that was so the cool, cool part. It was so You're cool. My hero
8: oh again. my god! Because
3: they made such a mess in well, many yeah, respects. In many respects, so not all
8: that's the way it should be yeah. and I gotta say so, but, that right but, but now if it, I'm ashamed if it was that done
2: here- that way if it was done that way would you be comfortable with it yes yes you, no
8: because you no? have blind people to say this isn't what it's like to be blind a simulation is never going to tell you what no. what it's like to be in my shoes <laughs> but this will give you a little snippet if the key players are blind people. And if blind people get up and say things, what's happening here and probably all over the country, I just know where I am here in Cincinnati. I've been on the board of the Cincinnati Association for the Blind for many years. And about six years ago, they got the idea of let's do a dining in the dark for a fundraiser. I got myself on the committee. I wasn't thrilled because we did some things that I, I was the only voice against one of which was, spent a ton of money renting these military goggles that let you see in the dark mm. so that the people serving could see in the dark. Give me a break. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but otherwise things weren't too shameful. They went very downhill from there. They've done it every year. Uh, they raise about 250000 I won't go. I won't go because it's it's a joke. It's a party. I mean, when you hear the other board members talk about it, they say oh we have such a good time it's so fun it's so silly yeah. well what is that just the, the the message is hideous so any anybody who has done it right
4: as it sounds like Larry has
8: but it <laughs> I, changed I say, you it know, eventually changed read that word
3: and i didn't do so, it so
4: so you asked me Paul and what bothers me about even that way is that um well let, let me back up it would not be comfortable for me unless Here's how I envision a good one being done where you have maybe um, every other person at the table being someone blind who could talk to people at the table about how it's actually done, because it's, it's like the old thing where you blindfold somebody to cross the street and all it does is confirm that blindness is scary, blind blindness is messy. So unless you have people sitting at each table who can say, so this is how I was trained to be to be able to do this, I think it sends the wrong message. I agree.
3: I, I don't think we ever had a table that was all blind. It was it was all sided. There were no blind people at the table to talk right. like and so and what I, we did that is that makes we, me uncomfortable. We quickly were able to talk to them and, and and feed some bits of information as you just described, but it wasn't the same because we had to go off and serve another table or right. go get food. Right. They, you're absolutely right. That would have been. And I even far thought more like
4: if you were going to have it, you know, maybe putting putting some gadgets on the table, like yeah. to say this is how I. Um, I do things in my daily life, whether it's you know whatever, some little thing, just to, to you know for people to get the idea that it's all about it's all in the training, it's all in learning to be a productive blind person, not well. That would be something you thing. could do
8: in the light when it opened back up right. because. You don't want a bunch of inexperienced, blindfolded people dripping their spaghetti yeah. sauce on, on your
4: that rail note. <laughs> when, when I was president of um, of our local chapter, I had thought about doing dining in the light and doing just, a, just people um, – Watching um, blind people you know, do what they do and maybe being blindfolded to eat, but having people around them to talk to them and having those gadgets on the table to learn from. I just think that if it's not a learning experience, if it's just about, you know, scaring them silly, then it's not it's it's not a good look for me anyway.
2: I, I guess the real question, um, which which we all have to face is. We're not raising enough money from federal and state government to provide the services that we need to. Um, left to them, left to ourselves, I think blind people are now regarded at least to a degree as a minority, just like every other minority that's out there, whether we're talking about blacks or whether we're talking about women uh, or whether we're talking about um, any, any other um, disenfranchised group, if you like. So the issue is there. there is an absolute need to raise additional money if we're going to be able to provide services to uh, a population of folks who desperately need them. And this, for the most part, by the way, is is seniors who are blind rather than anybody else. It's not it's not kids. Generally, there's enough money um, that that that's available for kids in a variety of ways. And, and it's probably easier to raise money for kids as well. But. But for seniors, um, for seniors, the, it, it, there, there simply isn't enough money. So when when groups like Lighthouses decide to do dining in the dark, because it, for, at least in their minds, um, persuades the rest of the community that it's appropriate to give money um to, to 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 a very important issue <clears throat> i think it's fine for us to say it's not good but how are we going to how are we going to help them to find more appropriate ways of raising money and what are they i
4: think you first have to get them to um care what you have to say because i think they're very Places like the lighthouse and some of the PABs and whatnot, they're very hung up on that image of help the poor well, blind are. people. So I think you first have to get on the board perhaps and get them to really listen to you and, and say, they, this is a great idea, but, but let me tell you how you can do it better.
2: But Deborah will tell you there are a lot of lighthouses who don't want blind people on their boards. No, certainly no, not, you
4: don't have to tell me that. <laughs> I think I certainly know that. not
2: blind people who are who but are likely outspoken. to oppose what they want. Right. <clears throat> So, so, Ms. Kendrick, you're, you've also raised this issue. What should we do? I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that, with that disconnect that, that essentially says uh, these guys have to raise money if they're going to provide services for populations that desperately need the services? Oh, guess you went. Well, anyway, muted. excuse me, just okay. muted. I was there muted.
8: Am yeah. I unmuted? Yep. Yes, you are. OK, yes. OK, so I think in part the idea of, of getting on boards is certainly a good one. And but I've been on the Cincinnati Association for the Blind Board off and on that, you know, it's one of those deals where you're on nine years and you rotate off and the idiots invite you back. So I've mm-hmm. been on it for 30 years. And i was on the board when that first dining in the dark was done and yeah. it was my lonesome voice in the wilderness that prevented yes. it from being humiliating it wasn't good i'm not going to say it was good because we had those people with the goggles which i just found ridiculous and i kept saying what does that teach anybody if the only people who can serve the food we have to get glasses for them so they can see in the dark when nobody else can and what's the message here let me serve but of course. I couldn't talk my fellow committee members into that so that one it was it was acceptable it wasn't good but it was acceptable everybody was under blindfold people did have to feed themselves and there was conversation about it and there were some presentations there were you know a few people who were blind who got up during the meal and talked about you know what we do and how we do it and all that but then let me be gone two years, I was in Florida the next time they did it and it's just it's obliterated now it's this big ridiculous costume party everybody, you know, they do they have a theme each year of a costume and and that's all, I mean what's the holiday blind people hate the most i'd say halloween. it's halloween mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. what a dumb thing to do at dining in the dark because that's what they do when everybody can see when everybody's there and they're drinking and eating the hors d'oeuvres and having a old time then they put the blindfolds on in the dark room so my response yeah. and i'm ashamed has been just I won't I won't but, go. I just ignore it. But, but I, sh- I, I think I, I Marianne. All of that. Is right.
2: But 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 you're still not but, answering my question, Kendrick.
8: Okay. So I think <laughs> I think the best solution, one solution, is for all of us to get on those boards. But a better solution, let's do it ourselves. We can do this. Let's just promote we could even do little trainings to train chapters how to do it to how to yeah, you know but, but, organize the promoting uh, but, and the funding and the serving but,
2: and the oh what what you're so you're saying we should do it then we should give them the money
8: we should do it and give the money to local chapters we should do it as chapters
2: but, and but, affiliates but, but so Paul's question that, is how do we raise money for the seniors? You're still not answering my question. <laughs> I mean I, I, I get that we can do it and i get okay. that I, I and i get that that might be a way for us to raise money for our local chapters or for our states and there have been um some local chapters and some states who've done dining in the darks i mean this, this is certainly not uh, and and sometimes they've sometimes they've done them wrong too but right but right. But, but i mean the fact is that, that that some of them have done it right but 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 they're raising money for themselves and they're they're essentially they're well. I'm not going to say what they're essentially doing, but but it's not. <laughs> but but it's not. its not it isn't. It it isn't doing what I'm talking about. It's it's not finding an alternative mode of of funding the programs where where there simply isn't enough public money to provide services. To populations that desperately need it. My so, question is, what do you do?
4: So, so I think it's fighting is, fire
8: sorry. with fire. If this is what's going to be popular, and they are popular around the, and I'm not saying dining in the dark is the only the only way, but it's a popular way. So fight that fire with fire. If we do it right, we also raise money. But and then along those lines, the other thing that I wanted to comment on was. I I think it was Jean Mann who was talking about the photos, and I didn't know about that, but I'm not surprised, because, and here's the problem, and it, it relates to the fundraising too. We need to take more ownership. We're blind, we're not helpless, and more and more people, I think maybe, maybe particularly the, you know, people newer to blindness who are more vulnerable, are falling into this hole of we really are pitiful and we really do need those sighted people to take care of us and if we don't start taking care of the message that's how you fix those pictures you have blind people in charge of it not sighted staff but blind people even if you have sighted staff you have blind people making the decisions of how those photographs are done and and which photographs are make it displayed on social media
2: i i mean clearly clearly someone someone should have um should have noted that Uh, i i get that uh nevertheless i i don't think i don't think either of you have satisfactorily answered my question i have i have a thought (laughs) uh miss marianne may
4: i What, yeah. what what about um and 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 i can see this maybe having some impact what about um leadership leaders in the councils um around which these lighthouses exist um meeting with executive directors and the planners what about saying hey we we we've never attended your event because we find it um um, insulting, we find it um, un- un- unflattering to people who are blind. We would like to sit with you and throw some ideas out um, that could make it better and more um, more favorable to people who are blind or visually impaired. What, do you think that would have any, in your experience, in talking as mu- as much as you have to those kinds of people, do you think that would have any impact, Paul?
2: I, I don't think so, but but okay. I think it's worth doing. <laughs> I don't.
8: I think I think it sounds. Lovely. I mean yeah, I think
3: it's hard to break stereotypes
2: yeah I, I, I mean I think that if if we were prepared to do it um i I think what we should go to these folks and say is we'll run it for you <laughs> and right. and, well, and we'll and we'll and we'll give you the money uh, well, it, but but i don't think I don't think our folks are going to be prepared to do that maybe maybe we would agree to run it and do it and say to those folks, we'll split the money. You can have three quarters of it and we'll take 25% or something like that. Well, that would guarantee sure. then that you yeah. have
3: 10 or 15, whatever, 10 people at a table. And they'll all be cited because each of them is paying a certain amount of money to, anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, so they're not going to put a blind person at a table. That takes...
4: I think there are ways to talk I don't really about,
3: care about
2: I don't really care about whether there are blind people at the table. I think yeah. if you're going to do it, you're going to have you're, you're going to have uh, what, what would amount to be monitors for the table yeah. right. as well as servers, and right. all of those guys are going to be blind. The right way yep. to do it that would work. is to have a monitor assigned for each table who's who's responsible for going around and helping people eat appropriately, mm-hmm. helping people cut appropriately, and also demonstrating or, or talking about how blind people actually do this stuff Absolutely. and showing that they can. Yeah, I mean, well, I get that.
8: And I'm going to say something which will probably get me the boot. I'll probably get booted out for this. So if I'm muted, I'll understand why. But
3: yeah, get ready.
8: But get ready. I,
3: I, get I ready. On, I got
8: my finger
4: on the
9: button.
8: <laughs> I just have to say, when somebody does something brilliant, whether you like them or not, you ought to claim that it's brilliant or acknowledge it. And another organization passed a resolution last year that i think is brilliant and that is to for people who in their own communities to get agencies serving the blind to commit to the pledge and i don't remember the words of the resolution so i might get it a little screwed up here but the idea is to aim for 50 percent minimum blind on every board and some the boards who are doing things right That's what they've got. Lighthouse for the blind in San Francisco, you know, that where they're doing where they've got. Whereas my pitiful board here in Cincinnati, I got to start owning more Florida because things are really falling down here. Um, You know, we've got a board of about 30 people, three
4: blind people and one died this summer. So there you go. (laughs) <laughs> no, and
8: I
2: won't mute.
4: You. I won't mute you for that. I think you're absolutely right. I don't think I don't care what organization it is. If it makes sense, it makes sense. That's all there is to it. So. Yeah, I mean, I really
2: I,
8: think I it's be, what we need to do. Yes,
2: yeah. I mean, I would be, I, I, I would be very comfortable <clears throat> with, uh, with an idea like that. I, I, I don't, I don't know why, um, A C B. I mean, I, I have proposed similar resolutions in the past. Um, well,
8: do another one because it, yeah, but, but, yeah, it but needs to happen. It needs to happen.
2: I I don't remember whether they passed or, or or what the hell happened to them, frankly.
9: Well, maybe we need
8: yeah. to
2: think about um, that again. Uh, yeah, but it's, because um, if anybody I can mean, do it, it's you. Yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, clearly, it's it it isn't it it isn't just blind people either. You know, I guess I guess part of the issue is what we need to do is is, is uh, down the road is to is to persuade national organizations um, to encourage folks to rewrite their bylaws so that NFB and ACB local chapters would actually choose the blind people who they would send to their boards. Right.
4: Not just any yeah. blind person,
2: right? Because that's important and, as well. Well,
4: yeah. and that's because how because I
2: mean ultimately you can like... you can find piles of blind people who are just yes people for for organizations and, and or and, who and feel sorry
4: enough for themselves that they're and, okay and, with that. Sure.
2: Alarm. And that's 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 one of the reasons why why I haven't served on boards because I I don't, I don't want to be in a place where I've got to. Where I've got to attack other blind people who are essential who have essentially been appointed to those boards and who serve and who've done their best, but who are never going to make change.
9: Right.
8: Well, that's why I'm heading out of Dodge.
2: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Miss Deborah, thank you very much for your call. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. 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 So who we got, Miss Marianne? We have Carla Hayes. Yep. Hello.
10: hey can you hear me
2: yeah we can
10: i'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to speak and run because i have an ivy board meeting at eight and I'm the yep. secretary it would be tacky not to show up
2: it would be tacky <laughs>
10: um but i just a few things about telethons and unions and labor day and, and things like that and so and organizations um i, I i'm just going to say one thing that um um, even though advocate in advocacy is important, the social part of it is important, too. And I know with my chapter, I just in fact, I just wrote an article that's probably going to be published in the um, PCB advocate um, as the president of my chapter. It's called uh, a chapter that plays together, stays together. So there sure. is the part of the socializing that is important because it builds bonds and you know advocacy is important but you can't just sit around eyeing and neighing all day you know there's got to be more to it than that um, so i'll say that about uh, the social aspects as far well, as I don't the...
2: think any of us would disagree with that
7: no, no, I, not, I, not at all you would, would
10: be oh. surprised how many would disagree with that <laughs> so
2: no, no I, I i that's too bad um, because yes. i mean the most successful chapters are chapters that manage to do both
10: that's right and that's that's what our chapter does we do our nice but we you know it's sort of nice but you're you're all gonna i'm gonna get excommunicated from acb from what i'm going to say because i have a i have a jail record folks i'm leaving i'm I'm letting out a deep dark secret i went to jail for for muscular dystrophy you know, Did they, you? Uh, yeah, they set up this um this jail um in a restaurant, and I had to, you know, collect so many pledges and 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 things like that. And it was so funny. One of my friends um gave me a uh um, you know, brought some bread and water and um, something to help me to break out of jail. And my my school principal showed up and she said if she knew I had a prison record or a jail record, she'd have to think, rethink about my hiring and things like that. <laughs> but um, so. So, yes, I have a jail record. I you never knew that about me.
2: <laughs> I did not. And, and, and what was the idea behind that?
10: Well it was to to um, you went to jail and you had to um, get so many people to pay to get you out and that's how they um you know they they it was a fundraiser
2: so you and, were so you were you were the the poor victim who they were going to try to raise money for your bail
10: right so they had bail got it. out of jail.
2: All right. And, um, Carla, so, um, get, I get, get the poor blind lady yeah. out of jail. Carla, I think I'm good. <laughs> what
3: I'm going to do for you, Carla, is I'm going to tell the people at Ivy that you have a jail record. They will renounce you as secretary and you can stay okay. with Tuesday Topics longer.
10: Okay. All right. That sounds good. <laughs>
3: okay. I'll be back. But,
10: um, I just wanted to say that, um, too, about unions, I have mixed, well, the telethon, I think I I was sad about what happened to that telethon. Um, The good thing is that it did raise awareness. You know, a lot of people didn't know about these muscular wasting diseases. And one of the reasons i i did is cuz i had a sister-in-law that had um ms which is not uh, muscular dystrophy right. but i saw her deteriorating so i had some sympathy for you know what what um some of these people were going through and so that's why i got involved with the movement um you know you
2: know and and, and it and it may be that we that we need to recognize that it was a transition because there was a time in our history um ladies and gentlemen when when if regardless of what disability you had you 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 were hidden behind closed doors and nobody was supposed to know that you were even alive uh, and and you certainly true. didn't go out in public and you certainly uh you, you nobody talked about your your disability essentially People just sort of, you, you, you had the privilege of waiting around to
3: die. I was in a movie sure. in 2001 in Vietnam, and when we went to Vietnam, mm-hmm. John and I both went for this movie, we were told that we were probably the only two visible blind people who were allowed to walk around in the countryside or wherever we mm-hmm. were to, to do the films because all the other blind people were, were hidden away. They were not allowed out. This is 2001. Right in a third yeah, world so country that's
10: that's true and it's very um, true so i'm just going to say one more thing about unions Then i really got a moose, or i will have a real jail <laughs> record to talk about <laughs> secretary jail anyhow <laughs> um i have mixed emotions about unions um i don't care for the teachers union um because i think right. it has deprofessionalized our profession i just i i don't know there's just something wrong with uh, walking around with picket signs i mean what kind of a message are we sending to our kiddos also um you spend uh, i'm so glad that i teach in a private school and also privately and don't have to be right. involved with the teachers union because the other thing is they um if they would just stick to what they're supposed to do and not jump on to and i'm a staunch conservative and to stump uh, to jump on all these liberal can you know candidates and causes and you spend your your dues and it goes um, to the lobbyists that lobby for these things and these people and and i mean there's just a, a there's just a lot of things that i i could say about unions and yep. minimum wage i feel like um if you know i can understand why people want the minimum wage to go up but on the other hand minimum wage jobs should be meant as a sort of a stepping stone job and um, there, you know, you shouldn't have to pay people that turn hamburgers so much, and people shouldn't have to make a living doing that. Because if the li- minimum wage goes up, then the prices go up for everybody, and it just widens the gap from between the haves and the have-nots. So those are my concerns, really. So
2: I think, I think, I think they're good ones. Uh, I, I guess if I was to summarize your position on unions. You're you're probably fine if unions stick to what they're supposed to do, but you're uncomfortable that they've become so politicized. With yeah,
10: that, with that and I us. think that some of them about they've outlived their usefulness. I mean, at a time they were yeah. necessary, but you know, I think now yep. they can hold you captive. So I really do have yeah. to go. So adios,
2: <laughs> Bye, Miss Carla. Miss <clears throat> Marianne.
4: Okay, we have Ralph.
2: Mister Ralph.
4: You just need to unmute, Ralph.
2: There you are. Can you hear me? Yeah. We can.
0: All right. Uh, Growing up, you know, 70s, 80s, we watched the telethon for the most part, the Jerry Lewis Labor Day telethon. Uh, I guess not seeing well, I didn't see a lot of the, uh, you know, we're bringing the children out and how do they look and all this and that. So that wasn't a big issue with me. I'm thinking, yeah, hypothetically now, let's say that ACB somehow could put on a telethon and we did that and we raised $3 million. So where would that money go? Go to ACB, let's say. So would ACB turn that down? Probably not. Would agencies
2: turn it down? No, I don't think they would. uh,
0: So, yeah, that's the (laughs) other side of the coin because the purpose of the telethons and the purpose of dining in the dark is what? To raise money. Yep. That, That was their goal, you know, whether it was through touching the heartstrings of people. Oh, we've got, we feel sorry for, you know, whomever. So, it's. I'll bet most people on this call get spam calls. You know, the firemen we need money. The policemen we need money. The teachers we need money. Yep. Right. So it's the uh, it's the same circumstance except in a different medium. You know that that you get calls or letters, and like the person was saying before, once you sign up to donate. You are bombarded with uh, you know mail throughout the year or throughout the rest of your life but yeah you you know the bottom line is that things are done the activities like this and it doesn't just happen in this community you know there are different organizations Uh, we're having a hundred dollar plate dinner and you know come and see the governor for 15 minutes or whatever and people go to that and so what's the purpose of that to raise money for the campaign or whatever, so it's the same principle throughout. That's my opinion.
2: But well, I, I guess I'm 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 asking this question. If you, I, I, I certainly get what you're saying, and I and I buy that. And and clearly, what I said it before <clears throat> is correct. Um, we desperately need money um to provide services to people who we don't have enough money to serve right now um so that we're, we're we're really at least to a degree in some lighthouses putting quotas on when people can come and how long they can stay rather right. than concentrating on, on on whether they get all the training they need so i mean that's that's real and that's accurate and and also clearly acb as an organization at the state level at the local level doesn't have enough money. Um, you know, most, most state affiliates, most special interest affiliates have enough money to, to get by, but, um, we, we, we could certainly use more money. So would it be okay for us to pull on the heartstrings of, of, uh, the general public by the way that we raise money by doing, say dining in the dark or by doing, um, by doing something that would make them feel sorry for us. Would that be okay, Mr. Rell?
0: Well, that's a hard question to answer, Paul. You know, ethically speaking. Yep. Uh, but that's the way it is done. I, I, you know, what other answer is there?
4: May I wait, well, not... Paul? You may. I think that ACB would not do it that way. I think if ACB were to have a telethon, it would be, um, we, would be we would put out there some of our best performers um we would put out there, um, we would show that's, some of our people uh, doing great advocacy. You don't think so?
0: But but the point is, why would we do a telethon? It would be to raise money, just like right. the other groups are doing it.
2: Right right yeah. now we're raising money through our AD our ADP gala, for example. Right. <clears throat> now that there the, there's there's not a lot reprehensible out the, about the AIDS. A- ADP gala. I don't think. No. Um, but it's it. But but it it's not doing what you're talking about, and 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 I don't know how much money doing what you're talking about, Marianne, would actually raise. I'm not sure. People but... m- people might say, they might they might say, well, if all you people can do all those things, <laughs> why should we give you money? You're fine. Well, I don't know. It's
4: how you. It's how you um string it. It's how you present it. It's this is the work we do, but we have not nearly enough funds to do all the work that we'd like to do. I'm not taught I don't know that ACB should ever do it. Like I, I don't I don't know about that. But like again, you know, if we if we go back to the lighthouses, if you uh, uh, I I I I guess I can say I, I never think it's a good idea to present blind people as pitiful. so' I'm, I'm like like I fight against that.
2: I mean the, the the most the most common telethon anymore, and I think they're still going on um, pretty regularly are for are for public radio and television.
0: Yeah, I think and, you're right.
2: Uh, right, right. And they're essentially Maybe. happening every year mm-hmm. um, and 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 it, it it's probably hard to get angry. Uh, uh, about um, about public radio and television telethons because th- they do pretty good work and and what they're trying to sell you on is pretty good and and they give you something back if you give them some so hey everybody ought to be happy.
4: So aren't they presenting and, a positive positive image as to what public radio and television does?
2: Well, I, I think uh, no, I don't think so. I, okay. I think what I think I, I but I but I think. Maybe there's something for for ACB and other organizations like ACB to learn from the way that they do their telethons. So, right. uh, yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, Mr. Ralph, thank you for your call. Absolutely. And, and thank you for your opinion. I think um, I think it's an interesting one. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I'm not sure that um, <clears throat> I'm I'm not sure how many of uh, of our folks would agree that it's okay, but to it, but but I'm kind of sympathetic because I think in a lot of ways, um, in in a lot of ways, we do that still. Um, and maybe we'll get maybe we'll get to talking about some of that later, but I don't know. Anyway, let's see. Do we have some more hands we do.
4: We have Jane.
2: Miss Jane.
4: You just need to unmute Jane. You are allowed to unmute.
2: Remember okay. that song by the Kingston Trio about Jane, Larry?
3: I'm sorry, say it again.
2: You remember this the song the Kingston Trio did about Jane?
3: I thought that's what you said, and I'm still thinking yeah. about that. I'm not sure that I remember. Yeah, it's it's
2: it, it's an interesting song because it um, um it it's a it it I guess most folks will regard it as an exploitation song. Uh, Jane, 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 she's so in love with me, but she's blind as she can be, or something like that. I don't
3: know if I ever heard that.
2: <laughs> it was a funny song. They did two versions of it. Huh. Kingston True it um, yeah. one of the versions was just with guitars and the other was um was I've with all, all of the strings and the heart and the and and you know the the kind of <laughs> full-fledged outright. Um Miss Jane, are you unmuted? Maybe she
4: stepped away. Um, we have uh,
2: Teresa. Teresa. And Teresa, you may unmute. Hey, Well,
5: are. I'm a member of my union at work. It's called AFGE, um, American Federal Government Employees. Yes. And and I'm in the, involved with it. Maybe not as much as I probably could be, but believe me, whenever I've needed something, I've um, gone to them and I haven't hesitated. In fact, one time I had to have a meeting with my supervisor and she okay. said, um, you are allowed to bring your uh, union rep. And. Believe me, I did. And he looked over some paperwork um, so that I would be, you know, able to understand what the paperwork said. And he tried to fight for me. I did something, and I got suspended for a day without pay. And he was trying to plead for me. He said um, he was going to try to put us, help me with a statement. He said, "No, this is your only source of income." I said, "Yes, you know, my only source. You know, I wasn't, you know." I made too much where i could get like ssdi to um
3: supplement
5: right. me so that yeah this was my only source of income besides you know what my husband was getting from social security he said but oh, don't put that in there I said, okay i won't put that in there <clears throat> it was just about my my income not his mm-hmm. and now i'm gonna also need his help tomorrow because i had to take 10 days um i was quarantined so i had to um See if they can give me. I have enough, but I'm still going to let them. If I can get their help to give me back uh, the sick leave I had to use, because the mm-hmm. reason I'm wanting that is because we feel that our job has, um, you know, put hazards out there that have, you know, caused us. My coworker and I to get COVID. Um, we have pleaded for years and years and years to have our area enclosed. Uh, so people can't just get up in our face when they need something. And unfortunately, that uh, little plea has not um, been answered. The closest we've gotten to it is partially enclosed, but that doesn't, partially does not mean fully. It only means partial, and that still allows somebody to get, you know, stick their head, you know, over the counter and say, excuse me, could you tell me, you know, and who knows where they, you know, who brought the COVID.
2: Exactly. And what, what about what about the union? Have you talked to them about that?
5: I'm going to talk. Well, he's, he's already aware of her. So I'm going to take my paperwork to him tomorrow and tell my need his help. Because, uh, you know, I've been I deal with them coming in, too. And sometimes people yep. will use my phone, especially after hours. Now, she'll wipe down everything in the morning, including my phone. But still, um, we just we just don't know.
2: Yep, I, I I think you make a good point, and you also demonstrate that that unions aren't just about money. It's 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 about no. getting working conditions that that yes. keep us safe and and that right. protect us. Yep.
5: I grew up in yeah. a um, union state. One of the mm-hmm. 20 years I lived in West Virginia, so I remember mm-hmm. in the 70s, many 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 times when coal miners struck. I used to yep. think it was in to us having to conserve energy but I realize you know it's more of an inconvenience to somebody's family if their father husband uncle grandpa mm-hmm. whoever gets injured on the job and um, the rest of the family has to take care of this poor soul
2: yep 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 thank you I think you make very good points Miss Teresa thank you so much for your call thank you yep Miss Marianne
4: Jane, are you back? Yes, there you I, are. yes,
7: I am here. And I think Teresa just said what I was concerned with. I'm con- consistently concerned with um, people being cared for professionally and supported professionally um, with any situation like that. Oh. When I was a student at the University of Minnesota, um, students didn't have a way to to powerfully get issues solved unless we went outside the U. I went to the Department of Justice and I ended up having to do that around a couple of issues that could have been resolved within departments and um, within particular university schools but they weren't so I had to go outside but I I value unions. I, I do. I just think there's a lot more work to do than just fight for more money. And I think the bigger issue is that as a nation who has so much wealth, really, we still do, we need to learn how to live with less and live better with less um, so that we just don't keep fighting for money. We need level life quality. Right. So- um, and as far as uh shareith- telethons are concerned, boy, Jerry Lewis is the poster child for nasty awful money making yep. share-a-thons or whatever they I'm glad they're I'm glad they're gone, or at least that one is. That's all. Oh no, I want to say something about Labor Day though. I think we need to celebrate work. Um Parker J. Palmer has a wonderful book called It's About Work and the underlying values in hands on work and thinking and educated work in any kind of work. And it's it's well worth reading, but I love to honor people I know that work uh, and do well. So I make a point of calling them and saying, I notice you doing this. I like what you're doing. Thank you. and I think we need to do more of that as a as a as individuals in this nation so
2: there's okay. my my soapbox good well thank you so so I, I i hear you saying that 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 you value unions um some people say they've they've outlived their usefulness now um you don't agree with that I assume
7: mm. I don't think so. I used to work for New Jersey Bell Telephone Company, and uh, that was back in the early 70s. And there was still, at least then, um, and that is my proof of saying this, there was a lot of room for individuals to have the union intervene in situations. Now, I hear a lot of people now thinking it's uh, they go to their unions and the unions don't effectively resolve things. And I don't know why that is.
2: So, well, I mean, there's a long, there's a long history of unions, not wanting to help blind people or, are members of unions because they, they actually tend to believe that, um, that either blind people don't belong in the job or, or, or blind people essentially get, get um, get cut slack by employers that other that other workers don't get. So well there's there's been a pretty long history of blind people in unions, but which that's I thought because we might union have. Heard something. Are
7: stupid. They should learn yeah. to think correctly. Right. <laughs> no, but I, I, just... I thought
2: we we might have heard some of those stories tonight, but so far we haven't. Um, but but there is a there's a lot of history surrounding that and and and, and it's an interesting history. Um, so if you
7: can recommend, I want to know more about that, just because it, when I look back at my my um, involvement at the University of Minnesota, there, some right. of the issues that, that came up for me as a student that I finally took outside the U, as I mentioned,
2: mm-hmm.
7: um, had to do with people thinking that I shouldn't even be asking for that kind of accommodation
2: well, I, I was I was on the other side of the fence for a long time in that I was Director of Services for Students with Disabilities at the largest mm-hmm. community college in the country. and oh. here here is the rule that I told my students at the beginning of every year. Um, if you come to my department and say that there's something wrong and that there's something that needs to be fixed, mm-hmm. um, I won't help you. I won't. If you come to me and say there's something that needs to be fixed and these are the things that I've done, which uh, is exactly and, what and I they, did and and they haven't been fixed, then I'll help you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think part of the difficulty that that we're creating for many of our for many of our students is we are we are encouraged them to expect someone else to solve their problems yes. rather than saying to them, you have to at least begin to try to solve your problem. Yes.
3: And even when
2: they, they would come to me having done some stuff, I would generally encourage them to do some more things and to try to mm-hmm. help them to find solutions. Yeah. And because that way, um, what what would what would happen for them if it worked right is they would perceive themselves as being empowered rather than as being rescued.
7: Right. Oh, I hate being rescued.
2: Exactly. Miss Jane, thank you for your call.
4: You got it, Paul.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Miss Marianne, anybody else?
4: Yeah, we have repeats. We have Jean and Deborah.
2: Well, let's, let's, let's let Deborah go first, and then we'll take Jean, and then we'll go on to another topic. Hey, miss Deborah
4: hold on <laughs> <laughs> there you are hmm? oh
2: there you go Deborah Miss Deborah I think you're Unmutable or, or, yeah, unmutable now.
8: Oh, it was hiding. It was hiding. It was hiding. Yeah. Okay. C- can you hear me now?
4: We can. Yes. Yeah.
8: <laughs> I can always hear me. Okay. So, <laughs> which is good. You know, when you have a hearing impairment, when you can hear yourself, you know, yeah. you're okay. um Anyway, well, I, I, uh, I, whenever I want to find something I wrote a long time ago, I Google myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I Googled Deborah Kendrick and Jerry Lewis. And, um, So I wanted to share that that one came up from August 14, 2011, and the headline was Telethon Better Off Without Jerry Lewis. And um, it talks about um, they were called Jerry's orphans, the protesters. And uh, oh, it's it's, I mean, I just read a bit of it just to kind of jolt my memory. But um, yeah, he was quoted as calling them half persons and cripples. You know, that's lovely. And um, and so and while I was looking that up and I was listening to all the conversation very intensely. And I, I just wanted to say, coming going back a few, I think it I think something Ralph said tapped this in my brain that I don't care how much money is on the line, um, I think. Exploiting our own and humiliating ourselves will never be worth whatever money it raises because yes. you you can't undo it. You can't undo it. And there's been so much of it done over the centuries already. We're already seen as incapable, pathetic, less than others, weak cannot afford i don't care how destitute we are we cannot afford to 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 add to that mythology we just can't
2: but 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 is is it arguable that nothing we do is going to change people's attitudes very significantly towards us because those attitudes are so embedded and built into the culture that 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 it that it's unlikely that they're ever going to significantly change. So, so, so I want to take advantage of it, recognize that we can't change it and get all we can out of it.
8: No, I think all we can do is chip away and it is chipping. It's not knocking down walls. You know, it's, it's, it's chipping away little by little, little. when it comes to blindness, I think the other disabilities are ahead of us. Um, so, you know, God bless them. I mean, I think, oh, you know, a lot of the I, I, efforts of, of the, the you know, um, in the 70s, you know, all the stuff that with the the sit-ins in San Francisco and so forth and, and the, all this stuff with Jerry's orphans that most of us don't know about. I mean, those things have paid off because mm, we're the only ones that people still fear the most. People aren't as terrified of, you know, breaking their necks and having to use a wheelchair or losing their hearing and having to read the subtitles, which everybody does anyway. Um, but blindness is still top of the list,
2: scary. And I, so, well, we- it, it it isn't top of the list anymore. It's second.
4: Yeah. <laughs> What's the first one? Cancer. Yeah. No, I I think
8: cancer moved down to three. There's something else. We'll have to check that. Anyway, I think there's something else ahead of us. AIDS yeah, was for uh, a while, the, the, but uh, AIDS all better.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. AIDS was, but it, but it it's it's essentially gone away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's um. But I, I I I take the point that you're making, <clears throat> the point about fear. But I think that. At, at least to a degree, we've gotten to the place where, for the most part, um, fear isn't a motivator anymore because we're 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 not seen as fearful anymore. We're seen as as money grubbing minorities.
8: Mm, I don't, People I who don't, are, yeah. I don't think so. He, I think there might he, be some political. Figures, but I think that we're, the general public is the most important to us in the long run. And I think the general public still see us as amazing and inhuman, half human.
7: Yeah, half maybe human. so.
8: Yeah, maybe yeah. so. And, and so the, the equivalent, I mean, what Jerry Lewis did to folks with and, you know, their whole argument was. He exploited them as little children by basically saying they'll never have a life. They'll never have anything. So the equivalent of that would be, let's, you know, parade a whole bunch of us out there. Uh, Well, I mean, I look pretty pathetic now, but (laughs) let's not parade me. But um, but but, you know, parade a bunch of blind people and you know put them in really bad situations and say look, how they they'll never have anything if we don't give them throw some money at them we we and,
2: don't, yeah. don't have we don't have to even lie Deborah. look <laughs> put these <laughs> lovely kids out there show them using all these machines all this this cool technology you know every every, every child with his monarch right right <laughs> but 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 essentially what you're then going to say is Ladies and gentlemen, the unemployment rate for this population is 80 percent. Four out of five of these children will never get a job. Yeah. Four out of five of these children will never. And we can we can we can go on listing. Only 10 percent of these kids will ever learn to read Braille. Only five percent of these kids um will we'll ever be able to go to college and university because of the disabilities that they have in addition to their blindness.
8: And that's why I mean, the we... most important thing any of us can do, yeah, any Maybe. of us here, and any of us who have blind friends and are in chapters and affiliates, the most important thing we can do is, first of all, show by example, and secondly, speak up. Speak up, advocate, because it's never going to change until, you know, this whole thing about, um, you know, uh, people are only going to get Braille when those of us who know what it did for us push it
2: on them. and sure. But, you know, but, I, and, but, but the, the point that the point that I'm trying to make, though, Deborah, is it's it's still pretty bad for blind people, no matter, it, no matter, yeah. no matter, uh, no matter what some of us might say. Mean, we, we we could also say think of those poor old blind people who are going to have to go into nursing homes because there's not enough money to provide the training for them and god knows that's the truth right right yeah so i mean are i guess what i'm saying to to everybody is uh, and and uh, i've been as as much against this kind of stuff as anybody has but but the but the but the truth is when do you get to the place where what you say is um you know we desperately need to be able to do some stuff to help folks and right now there's not enough money to do it
4: i think if you can i, I think if you can't find a way if you can't find a way to get that point across in and in, in a, at a fundraiser that this is what is what a blind person is capable of if they have the training and they won't have right. the training okay. unless we make money then you're not creative and and yeah. you're not trying very hard fair enough thank you yeah,
2: and i, and I think
4: that. what we what we
8: already <laughs> do is the right stuff but we but some of us who are older and i'm pointing it myself need to kick ourselves in the butt and say it's you can't stop you can't because there's been a part of me that for a while like okay i've been there done that been to washington you know written the stuff whatever i'm done right. i'm done i'm just gonna chill and but we we really we can't because what we've been doing all along is the right stuff
4: we just have to keep keep doing it and well, that is bringing I, other people in to do it I think it should be up to us to encourage others to do it because I'm old, too, and tired. Yeah.
8: Yeah. So and younger people, then that's that's and 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 to make sure that we keep spreading. I was um, in a, a Zoom call today where I learned about something new in Florida that maybe I didn't know anything about this, but it's called the senior. Well, the guy said he might have missed it up, but he works for VR. He said it was the Senior Citizen Equipment and Something, something, the Equipment Something Project. And he said the idea of it was Equipment and Training Project. He said it just got established this summer that it's brand new and that it's to put uh, equipment into the hands of older people. So that sounds like it's on kind the right of, track.
2: It's kind of you to talk about it. I put that program together and run it.
8: Woo! Awesome. Okay, well, let's hear about it.
2: <laughs> it's called SET, <clears throat> Senior Senior Equipment and Training. The SET project.
8: Senior, what's um, the second part? My voiceover talked s- over
2: you. Senior Equipment and Training.
8: Okay. Okay. Yep. And um, and, and-
2: and what and blind what people
8: have, are in the mix?
2: yeah, oh yeah, it's it's being it's being run by the Division of Blind Services Foundation, which the majority of the members of the DBS foundation are are blind. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> the money that's been allocated to the project actually comes from uh, motorcycle licenses, and, and it's provided. It was it was some legislation that was passed maybe twenty years ago, and I chair the group. And we put the program together, and I have a meeting of the group tomorrow to talk about
8: fabulous. giving
2: some more equipment out. Yeah. So.
8: Well, so uh, I'll just say, Paul. I hope you start tapping me and bringing me into Florida stuff, because yeah, because I'm. I wanna I wanna help with stuff like that. Good. Anyway, cool. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. I'm going, going back to my corner. But, but thank
2: thank you for talking about it. <laughs> You're welcome.
8: Okay.
2: <laughs> yep. Miss Marianne. We have Jean. <clears throat> Jean.
4: And Jean, you can unmute. So um
6: I forgot. Well, I, I wanted to go back to something Debbie said a while ago. And it was concerning, I assume, the NFB resolution um, that, what was it, 50% of people- Of,
2: of members of, of the board, of, of boards- Members of should, boards should of, of agencies
6: yep. of the blind should be blind. And yep. that's all well and good if, if you can find 50%. Um, I, I was on an independent living center board one time and the rule was that 51% of the people had to have disabilities. And I don't know if all independent centers were like this, but boy, there was an awful lot of people that were no more qualified to be there. Um, but they were because they had a disability. So I remember you said the people in ACB or NFB chapters should pick the people that they want to represent them on the board. Um, but also you have to remember that the kind of people they're looking for on these boards, are professional people who have um, um, outlets, to money. Yeah, yeah, because they're looking for people that can outside of you know people who know friends who have money, and yep. and so I I have no idea what the association here does. I have not dealt with them for years and years, but I know that they had eye doctors and you know a lot of business people and uh, one or two blind people, token blind people. So um, I I don't know whether a lot of the agencies would find 50 percent of their board members to be uh blind people who had enough professional um outlets I, I, to get them the money'm I'm, I'm
2: i'm not living and dying over over 50 percent um, but but i i'm i'm living and dying over trying to get some folks who are um who are are competent and independent people who are blind right on on these boards so that um so so that they wouldn't simply be folks who who would would sit there and nod their heads to whatever the executive director or board chair said
6: yeah i understand that
2: um i mean that's 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 what that. i'm aiming to do yeah yeah
6: um another thing you were talking about um unions not liking blind people um right. i i don't know when i worked for new york state the rule was that if people got laid off the only people to go after those of us, I don't know if it was blind or all disabilities, but the only ones to go after the blind people, at least, were veterans. And so there was a situation in my office where somebody did get laid off who was hired before me and um, they did find her another federally funded job, you know, and then eventually she did get back in another state job. Um, She didn't come back to our office because, um, well, that was another story. But anyway, there were some some personality Mm -hmm. things. Um, she was stealing money from me and, uh, anyway, but, um, huh. yeah, um, she was one of my best friends, but then every time I went shopping, I'd come home with less money than I thought I was supposed to. And it finally came out one day and I could have gotten her fired because she, um, I said something and she came over and she, she didn't exactly hit me, but she pushed me enough that my cane kind of went up in the air and I probably, wow. could have, yeah, I probably could have had her fired if I really <laughs> wanted to, but. It's hard to fire people in this state. So anyway, um, so they did find her a, another job and and it, it, it kind of made it difficult for me because the whole office was afraid they were going to be next and I was still going to be there, which, you know, didn't happen. So I don't know whether that was a union rule or whether that was a state um, mandated thing. I never did find out. But um, it's
2: a, it's an interesting issue, though. So yeah, so what what, what ought to be a protection for us actually uh, m- may make us pretty unpopular in the system?
6: Well, people got over yeah. it pretty quickly. So it, it, that's a good it, thing. Didn't, didn't, yeah, <laughs> really. So it didn't turn out to be a huge deal. But um, it, when when Jane mentioned it and you said you hadn't heard any stories that reminded me of that.
2: So, yep. Excellent. Thank yep. you. All right. All right. Ms. Maryland, do we have You're anybody cl- else?
4: No, you are clear of hands. Very good.
2: So, I guess just before just before we leave this topic, I want to um, I want to at least put a couple of other things on the table, um, and and maybe sometime down the road we'll we'll we we will see if we can't get um, uh, an executive director of one of these organizations to come on the program with us and 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 talk about the problems of fundraising but wouldn't that be fun um, yeah i think it might be some of the things that i want to put on the table though are um, the whole notion that that we may be responsible that is we as people who are blind may be responsible um, for making it hard for us to raise money because um, one of the things that we've done uh, over the past 20 or 30 years, maybe even 40 or 50 years, is we have said to the rest of society, um, we're we are people first, and we we have rights and we demand to be treated in certain ways, and we we expect to have access to things like voting, uh, to have things like jobs. We expect that. Um, we ought to be able to fully participate in the society by being able to cross streets with test, uh, accessible pedestrian signals. We we believe that we ought to have the right to get materials from state and local government in accessible formats so that we can read them. So suddenly we've gone from people who were pitiable and um, and and in and and encouraged. Um, to be felt sorry for, to folks who are actually going into the face of the general public and saying um, that that we're 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 not mice anymore, uh, we're we're real people. And to I guess the question is, to what degree has that change in our approach and in our attitude and in our expectations? altered the degree to which the rest of the society perceives us so do either of you two have thoughts on that i
4: was was waiting to see if you really wanted an answer to it or was it i was it for a future talk i i don't think i think unfortunately somebody was talking about i was deborah saying we chip away and I have found that we chip away one person at a time. I don't think society at large, unfortunately, sees blind people any differently because we've demanded all those things. I think they're still unaware um, as to our capabilities. Um, I I have often said, however, on the other side of that coin, is that if I sit and talk to a person for 15 minutes, I think I can change their perceptions and and probable misconceptions about blindness, And I've seen it happen um, in my when I was a legal assistant um, with some of her clients. When I sat with legislators um, in Washington, most particularly when I actually got to sit with legislators like Mm -hmm. Paul Kijorski from Pennsylvania, um, I I think I've changed the minds of um, people, but it's not on a big scale. So society at large i think they still see us as pitiable it's very unfortunate and i hate saying that but i i do i think people That's are still even in my in-laws my my daughter's future in-laws i feel like they're still of the oh my god she's so amazing and you know mm-hmm. so
3: i get so, that all the time, uh, larry go ahead all the time yep. i get that and even though i've known there are people that were on the cruise with me. I've known many of them for 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. but they only see me in certain spots and on mm-hmm. certain days where I'm doing essentially the same thing. Cause we all are, whether it be a church or whatever it is so that you yep. get used to activity. Yep. And then the time comes when it's time to fly to, well, another city or home or whatever. And it's like, well, I had somebody ask me, How, do you fly by yourself? Well, yeah, most of the time, 99% of the time I do. Or it's mm-hmm. with somebody else, maybe John, who is blind. Once in a while, it's a sighted person. But they ask, the, it's, it's like, well, we tried to get you moved so that you could sit with us in case you needed any help. And I said, but I don't need any help. I'm <laughs> okay. fine. I do this all the time. And I thank you for your... For you're wanting to at least be there for me, that's nice. But it's not necessary. And there are things that you would think that they might want to jump in and help you with that they don't. And other things like this that there are so trivial that they jump in on because I guess the old adage is they they can't envision themselves doing it. So how could a blind person do it? Right.
4: It's still the old adage. It is still still that way. People can't imagine what it is to be blind and and so they're still of that mind.
3: I, I even know is, I, I even know people who were friends of in-laws of mine who saw th- not me, but saw somebody else who was a blind person, and they treated them differently because again, you know, they they couldn't imagine them doing something themselves doing something. and this blind person did it some cases but they never saw it they never looked at it from that perspective it's a very complex i think way to deal mm-hmm. with it and i don't know i, I guess maybe Deb, deborah's right you chip away i'd like to cleave it away sometimes you know yep. uh, because it really makes it well, easier like but it's
2: it's difficult to do i know miss deborah has her hand up again so yeah, let's invite her back that. into the conversation wait a minute do we
3: have enough time paul are you sure we we do yeah, yeah sure do. it's it's, it's Okay, it's yeah, 18 minutes to the hour. We, we do. Okay, yeah, but, we'll but I don't think you're going to make clear. your other topic. Oh, I'm not. No. You, you, you can decided. unmute,
2: Deborah.
8: <laughs> oh, goody, because I yeah. had two things to I say. I told
3: you there'd be and at least one, two. <laughs> one
8: serious. Oops. Okay, one serious and one silly. Well, one's the silly one's pretty serious, too. Okay, the serious one is this. Um, you know, I know... A handful of people, and I know there are probably many, 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 many more, who are working in industries programs where there are unions. And I think, Paul, it would be wonderful for you to reach out to some of those folks, one on, you know, one on one, who maybe don't know about Tuesday topics, to have a program just about unions, because um, as I I said, the agency here in Cincinnati is terrible, but the union of the industries program is dynamite. I mean, they are really strong and it's really cool to to talk to some of the folks involved in the union. So that's my serious suggestion. Yeah.
2: I mean, there are some, there are some really strange things going on in industries programs right now. Um, And and, and I, I'm saying it very openly and very much in public. Um, And, and it is my intention to do two or three programs, maybe even, Oh, uh, on on industries because uh, be, because I I don't understand and and I I like to think of myself as pretty competent I don't get where they're going um, so
8: and, so here's my other thing um I said this the other night on Tech Talk but Larry either blew it off or didn't hear me I'm not sure but when I heard Larry gone on a cruise I said huh. You should organize a tech talk cruise but now wait a minute I got a better idea you should organize a Tuesday topics cruise so that's what I think
3: I, I, <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's funny you should mention I, that I, mm-hmm. and we could I, you know Keeler could do- can
8: do it right you know yeah. the Card talk yeah. guys did it yeah, they did. so Paul Edwards go for it do the Tuesday I'll, I'll help you organize
2: mm-hmm. yeah the Tuesday topics cruise I wonder how many people would come I don't know a
3: lot. A lot. do you think so I hope so I think yeah. a lot
8: would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, if you get a, a group, you only need like ten or twelve to lower the prices. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've never been on a cruise with blind people, and I want to do that. I
3: haven't either. So I do that.
8: Uh-oh. Yeah, I want to do it. I think I think so would be awesome.
2: So, Miss Deborah, mm-hmm. um, what what is your view of uh, of the issue of of whether we have? created an environment where we're no longer lovable
8: oh i i'm with marianne 100 that's not true you oh, because you've been so involved in you know leadership maybe you have a slightly skewed view but i maybe, i think maybe I think so that in in general no i think 90 percent of the public still think that we're you know a new friend was here the other day, reading some stuff to me and helping me. And I, I, she, you know, we all know when we know our people, right? When you meet somebody and this sure. is my people, they get me right. They're cool. So even though Lisa's cool and she's saying all the right stuff, there was something or other that I said that was hard it didn't have anything to do with blindness, but she said, oh yeah, of course. And given your situation, I just wanted to throw myself <laughs> on the floor and cry. What do you mean
4: my situation? No, you mean no my don't God? do that. Throw yourself at her and make her <laughs> hurt.
3: Oh, <that> was words. <laughs> Given yeah, your I, situation. I mean, God. Oh my but, goodness. But you know,
8: we're mm-hmm. we're this cross between yeah. amazing
4: and pitiful.
2: <laughs> and pitiful. <laughs> yes.
8: Yeah. That's that's the lion's share of
2: how we're seen. Uh, so. uh I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh, I you, you guys you guys haven't convinced me yet and and it may be because it may be because of where I've of, of where I've had to operate um but um it i you haven't convinced me yet I think we have some other hands we, can, we do we can leave Deborah open but let's <laughs> let's see who else we have
4: we have Janet you may Janet. unmute you just need to unmute Janet
9: Oh. I'm so sorry, there I'm so sorry. I could not get this unmuted. I've okay. never done it, I've never done it on my phone. I'm always on my computer. It's okay, we hear but
2: you. Yep. Well, you've learned. I just yep. wanted to Good tell you,
9: you um, I've I've not, I dealt with travel. I was a travel agent for 40 years and I've always wanted Woo. to do a cruise, but not, my dream was I wanted to do Italy, by the senses, and bring all blind people through Italy for the sounds, the smells, the sights, and the tastes of Italy. I wanted them to hear the sounds of Venice. I wanted them to taste the foods around the country and the opera in in Rome. Music, wine, and food.
3: Many of my family members have been to Italy, and they say it is wonderful for not only blind people, but everybody. It's a terrific cruise. It is
9: glorious. blind. And you guys
2: need to know that 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 Janet (laughs) that Janet who is who is blind has has actually led tours to the Holy Land and all over the world. Yes. Yes, it's true Paul.
9: And most of my well no not most. All of my all of my clients are sighted people. And that's that's the beauty of it. They have a guide who they they meet at the airport and I, I don't use my cane obviously at the airport when I'm meeting people. But they're countries I've been before, and I don't take out my cane until that night. I get them on the bus. I know where my buses are in the airport. I handle the lost luggage. I handle their room, gets, and I handle all the problems, and then I meet them for dinner, and I pull out my cane and say, I am your blind guide for the week. Uh, Matthew fifteen fourteen says, blind guides will lead you into a pit, but I promise I won't lead you into a pit. And <laughs> it starts off funny, you know? <laughs> but... Uh-huh. but but there's so many. I've always wanted to lead a blind tour through Italy, the sights, smells, sounds, and tastes of Italy. It's my, my dream. But so, Miss Jenna, too, do but... you
2: think do you think that uh, do you think that blind people have have kind of um, done themselves out of the 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 compassion of sighted folks? Uh,
9: you know, I've been listening all night and have I've had so many things I've wanted to say, but. You know, I agree with some of you and I disagree with some things too, but I I believe, yes, many look at us as amazing because what you said, they can't imagine themselves doing the things we're doing, but right. for us, it's second nature. We do it and and we're not looking for
3: that, oh, you're
9: so gloriously amazing.
3: It's everyday life. E- yep. It's life. Yep. It's,
9: everyday, it's everyday life. Yep. But, but I, I especially like what you said, Paul, I have to think about it a minute, but you said something 20 minutes ago, I wanted to comment on and now I forgot what it was because I'm old now. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, it just, it's a dream, you know, a dream I've had and now I'm retired and the, it probably Italy, never will good. get fulfilled. Yeah. But yeah, I have to think about what you said, Paul, just give me a second.
2: I will. Talk amongst and, and yourself. We will, and we will try and talk tomorrow, you and I.
9: Okay. Anyway, huh. you said something really profound. I've got to. I'm going to think about it because I I wanted to say, good for you, Paul. That that's that's it. You hit the nail on the head. But oh, well, now my now the, my head my head the, is not it working. must
2: must, <laughs> must have been must have been a different head. You know, All right, my, let's mom, see. my mother
9: always said when you forget things they weren't important, but I don't agree with that either because yeah. Let's anyways. let's see who else Thank we you. can
2: add to our group. Thank you. Yep. We have Ralph. Miss, Mr. Mr. Ralph. Oh,
9: hold
4: on.
2: This is the kind of okay, open Ralph, session. Ralph, you are unmuted. So we're oh, keeping everybody unmuted. So oh, okay. everybody needs to behave. Mr. Ralph, go ahead.
0: All go ahead. right. Can you hear me?
4: Yeah.
2: Yes, sir.
0: I will be pleased. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have to take the other side of the coin here. You know, uh, many uh, of our sighted friends. Oh, uh, wow, you are amazing! But what if we go somewhere and we don't hear that? Are we disappointed? They should recognize that I read these dots no. on this page.
3: No,
2: I'm no. not disappointed I think, I at think all. That's no. a really interesting point. Are it we is. disappointed?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, no, I, I, I'm not. I, think no,
2: we could no.
9: I don't think so either. What was the Time
4: question? I missed the question. Are we
3: disappointed if we don't hear, oh, you're amazing. You're amazing. Yeah. No, uh, and no. In other words, do, are, we, you
2: know what? do we want... I'll, I'll give no, you no, an
4: no.
8: example. I had a cleaning person here today and I don't like her very much, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> and, um, but something gets, you know, one of you see those lists of things that cleaning people will do that, you know, they are these big, long liar lists that they're going to like, you know, dust your window shades and all this stuff. Well, anyway... But one standard is they're going to clean the microwave. Well, yesterday, the oatmeal spilled over in the microwave. And I admit it. I'm lazy. And I thought, Oh, cleaning people are coming tomorrow. <laughs> They'll do it. So she comes in me and she says, there was something spilled on your microwave turntable. So I took it out and put it in the dishwasher. And I thought, I can't believe you did that. Wow. And I said, oh, really? I was really hoping you'd do it because it's kind of tricky for me to get it centered back on the – and she just turned her back and walked out and said, it's in the dishwasher. See ya. Like, <laughs> and, and there was a part of me that was really mad. And then I thought, that's what it feels like to just be a person. It's okay. No. <laughs> it was a, you know,
2: I'm, saying that, but, but, but I'm I, not saying I,
3: that I, I
0: approve. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, right. what what if, you know, do we feel disappointed that oh you right. should recognize that
4: no, I'm,
2: I'm I, really might be I-, I think I think Ralph's point is 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 worth considering. I really do. I think I think the question that I, I, I don't know if we would always be disappointed if we, we, we are not perceived as as amazing. But I think that I think that we I think that we do get reinforced okay. sometimes by people recognizing our competence at the very least. Um, and when they recognize our competence, it's not really very different from from saying we're amazing.
10: Well, can, well, I
4: it. It can I put in
6: here a second? It depends
4: on how it's said. Like, I love a woman who will say to me, Wow, your house is cleaner than mine. <laughs> like, Ooh. Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> well, nobody yeah. ever says that yeah. to me. But I, I'm to the point in my life. Yeah, I might be in the minority. I have cleaning people too, but um, we won't go there. Um, I might be in the minority, but I I'm I I've been learning as I get older to pick my battles. And if somebody wants to tell me I'm amazing, I don't care. Let them tell me I'm amazing. Except, we had this one woman at church, and every week she'd come up to me. I I canter uh mass sometimes, and every week she'd come up to me and and tell me how wonderful my voice was and God had given me a gift and I was such an angel and she had a friend who was blind and blah, 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 used to sing. And every week it was the same thing. And and the first week I said, you know, thank you very much. You know, my voice isn't as good as it used to be, but thank you. And after a while I said, yeah, I know you told me that last week. So finally (laughs) she wasn't there. We found out she went in a nursing home. So this friend of mine that I go with, this friend of mine that I go with said, well, we'll have to go visit her. And I said, you can go visit her. I don't want to. Um, she just annoyed me. But for the most part, I mean, people around here, are, I'm, there's a few people with um, with vision issues. Actually, there's a, a there was another blind guy that moved into uh, another building. And I think everybody thinks I should go meet him, but I haven't. But anyway, um, you know, if they say it here, I just I don't care. I just say, oh, thank you. You know, I'm not really. But if you want to think so, you know, and I just leave it at that. I don't care anymore. If they want to think it, let them think it.
2: No. But I guess I'm let, 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 let me try putting it it's a slightly different way. Doesn't everybody in our society want to be reinforced? Absolutely. In in, in, yeah, in sure, terms yeah. of- and again sure. it
4: depends on how it's phrased. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And and, and and if if the but if the rest I of want society, I wanna be
8: reinforced because I'm a good writer or I have style. I don't want to be reinforced because I'm blinding to put my shoes on.
2: Right. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess. I, I guess my. I guess my issue is, uh, society gives us the only thing they know how to give us, because it's all they know about us. That's and, true. And we're Absolutely probably true. not That's doing true. as good a job as we should about being sure they understand who we are.
4: Right. But so do our you job find after when, we've been told that we're amazing because we can put our shoes on is how we tell them how we know which is our left and our yes. right.
6: But do you, like, you find that? Do, do you find that when you come across? I mean, I've done this when you see people with other disabilities, like say people that are in in a wheelchair and they do stuff that you can't imagine how they can do it. Don't you ever want to say to them, "God, you're really amazing. I don't know how you do that."
8: That's what cured me. Is when I was in graduate school, I inadvertently acquired a roommate who had muscular dystrophy and was a quad. And I, I, it was the best lesson I ever had for four weeks, I had nightmares that I was responsible for pushing her wheelchair and I lost control of it. And I, I feel like it was the most healing experience I've ever had because she's one of my best friends to this day. Mm -hmm. And like the rest of us, as she gets older, she loses more and more, um, uh, you know she, Yeah. And so in those days, she could hold a book and she could read to me. But today, you know, she has to be fed and we'll mm. be together and she'll say, Debra, could you put my head up? <laughs> because her head um, falls down. Oh, and yeah. it's so it's so awesome to be with her. And I don't care. I mm. don't get, you know, like yeah. we, we watched a Judy Collins concert online oh. together. 400 miles apart and you know she was like texting me what judy was wearing and what she was looking at and stuff and it just i i don't know i can't explain it but if you if you can expose yourself and get sort of immersed in another person's disability it's the best thing because it it makes it, it it it's a real teaching experience and i'm over it well. and i I, I had, spent a lot of time with a lot of quads since then. And... I,
2: I had a, a good friend of mine who had CP, and she was visually impaired, but was also in a wheelchair. And I, and I used to push her around all over the place. And I remember in this hotel, mm-hmm. there was a ramp that the two of us went down, and she fell straight out of her wheelchair onto the floor. No. Oh God! And, and both of us, both of us, just started laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Everybody in that hotel looked at me as though I was the <laughs> meanest <laughs> person, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the person in the universe. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> Look what you do to that poor girl, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
9: <laughs> yep. Well, could I make a recommendation for a Tuesday topics?
2: Yep. Go ahead. But you gotta do it in 30 seconds.
9: <laughs> okay. I would like to do a Tuesday topics on travel and people's experiences traveling. It has to be a numerous amount of funny experiences. There has to be, and so many oh, yeah. people have traveled. I know in the GCB we we have um, she she went to Ireland and her experiences were so funny about kissing the Blarney Stone and being hung over. I think so many people <laughs> would enjoy a topic of their experiences. I, I think
2: you're I think you're absolutely right. We're gonna do one on cruising, so let's do one on travel as well. Oh, Ladies good. and gentlemen, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Um, I've enjoyed it. I think we've, I think we've given folks lots to think about. Uh, I'm not sure we've solved any problems. <laughs> Nevertheless, we've managed only to do half of what we were supposed to do. As so usual. next week, we will explore what the college experience is like for blind and visually impaired folks. In the meantime, remember that if you don't have an opinion, you're not living. Good night.
4: <laughs>
7: Good night.